Okay, here we go. So, Bezdash Yemiz of this little story of how I ended up in Virginia is that it began with darkness, the darkness of writing my PhD, which, which when I finished, by the time I finished it, I was really, really burnt out. And I think I'm still not entirely healed from it. I'm getting very close, but I'm not all the way out. It was a darkness. I'm just like, uh, sorry to say. Anyway, yeah, just is what it is. Um, it's, yeah, tell the truth, man. So, so, so in any case, like, uh, but what came of it was my bikush to try to find my voice again through the poetry. And one thing led to another, from one person to another person, until I ended up having this incredible time in Virginia, which really did propel me a lot further in the game. It really did. And I actually, I'm going to share with you something that is very kind of heaven the first time I'm telling this in public it's a big learning about Kabbalah Shabbat actually it's not the first time the second time because I gave it over there <laughs> but when we were doing Kabbalah Shabbat there I was teaching about seeds and the disintegration of the outer layers of the seeds in the ground and how they grow that way right? and it was the parsha that we got to decide and there's this um, Balaturim who says that Shlach Lecha Anashim, the last letters is Chet Chaf Mer. Shlach Lecha Anashim, which is Chacham, which means that they wanted to already know how it would be for experience. And that was like Shurish of the issue, the root of the issue. And it's something very, very human and very relatable. We wanted to know how it would be to go to Eretz Yisrael before, before actually moving there. And you can't. Like, uh, <laughs> in any growth, it's analogous to a seed where it has this protective shell that that shell has been everything for the seed, for all it knows. It, it keeps it, it, it guards it, it holds it, protects it, keeps it distinct from the rest of, of the world. This is my shell. This is my shell. This is me, right? Isn't it me? And to let go is got to be so scary. Like, terrifying. And uh, and yet through that the seed the inside of the seed becomes connected to the earth in this wondrous way and it becomes something that maybe it has a deep spiritual memory of but not an ability to intellectualize it can't know that it's really a tree it's it it. In a, in, a, in a mind way. It knows in the heart, but not in the mind, so to speak. Let's just say it's a thing about a seed. But like for people anyway, that's true. That we may in a, have a deeper inner sense that we're going somewhere good, it's okay, we can trust this process. But everything else is putting up emergency signals 
like, oh my God, the shell, we need that shell. That's, <laughs> that's what protects me. That's what holds me. This is how I know how to respond in this situation. How can I? And, and to let go of it is terrifying. And so going into Eretz Israel was terrifying. And this really, you can, you can learn it into all the different opinions about why they didn't want to go. Why were they afraid? Why did they think? Gemara even says that Chazakumi Menu, when they said that the people of the land are stronger than him, it means stronger than Hashem. She's like, how could they say that? These were the princes of Israel. How could they say stronger than Chazakumi Menu? Such like a, like a, a completely lack of it. But it's like, it means we're going to be so weak that even God won't be able to help us there. We need what we know. And then not to going to that place where we don't know we'll be so we'll be out of out of yeshiva, we'll be with with, with, with business, with, with with earth and, and, and cities and, 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 and sewage and, and reality and we won't be able to handle it. and even God there's no way I know myself, I'm too pathetic, even God won't be able to help me. <laughs> right, <you know. laughs> So how does the seed how does the seed get by on the ground? Is Mikhaira. And maybe I heard this from Shlomo somewhere, or maybe it's just my own thing. The seeds under the ground they start to sing. Must be. As they're shedding the shell, even though it's so scary. But to get through it, they sing. It was one of the Majestu Rebbe's sang his way through an operation. No one has said it. He just sang this nigga. Okay. Yeah. 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 Really? Wow. He sang his way through it. <laughs> Incredible. Tell him. He sang his way through. He whistled in the dark. Or what thing or you know. So so this this is a voda of 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 see and Lakoira. Not only does the seed sing, it sings together with us, the seed. And they find uh, strength that we're going, well, not the only one going through, right? All the seeds are. Yeah. 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 But once one of them starts singing, uh, so this is my, again, I don't know if it's just my imagination, or I, I personally relay a lot. And, and so now this can completely revolutionize Kabbalah Shabbos because Kabbalah Shabbos is also, when you're going into Shabbos, the Svarim all say that Shabbos is in time what Eretz Yisrael is in space. Right? And so that means that going really into Shabbos is also scary, actually. Fascinating thing. Usually we think about Shabbos as like, yay. But, but maybe the song of Kabbalah Shabbos is to help you sing away the protective layers of the week that actually you're terrified to let go of. Such an amazing, isn't it such a, to me this yeah. is like, it really is changing. The way I know for sure that this is a Kabbalah is because a better Abba on Shabbos because of it. Like I come home in a better place because I I, I, I using this 
singing to find the courage to really actually let go and move the shots. Such an amazing thing than just thinking of it as ecstatic, period. It's like, no, we're going to this joyous place because there's actually a whole shadow thing that you could actually miss Shabbos. You could go through the motions of Shabbos, but you brought the whole week into it. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't really shed. You, you could be going into such a tree this Shabbos, you know? But there's like some thing you way through to be able to get there. It was scary because all I know is, you know, I have this gripe and I have this stress and, and that's all I know how to feel. What is, what is this other thing? How can I let go? We sing together. We're all letting go. We're all letting go together. <laughs> Such a good ball. Uh, so that was a big healing for me, just learning that. There were other things that went on there in Virginia, but that was really, really exciting. Out there. So into our learning. So the Midrash Rabbah of Esther Rabbah, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're getting towards the end of Esther Rabbah these days. We're gonna make a big party when we finish. Um, we're at Parsha Ches Ois Beis. Uvachom Medina Medina Mekomesh Edvaramelch Vedasom Agia Evel Gadol LaYudim. Right. Each country and each place that this royal decree reached, this decree of the destruction reached, Evel Gadol Yudim, great mourning for the Jews. And the Medjus is, uh, when the decree went out, Perik Dalid Pasuk Gimel in the Megillah, and this is, right, this is right, this is, uh, the word has gone out, Mordechai has screamed. Um, no, Chavkimu Sivan is the happy day. That's the day that the word went out to cancel the original decree. And ridiculously enough, last year on Chavkimu Sivan, when, I don't know if you guys remember this, but Dina was, had this horrible operation. And we were in major service. Plus, we had sold our apartment and didn't know where we were going. <laughs> And Mamish, we had to like move out within, I don't know, eight, seven, six to eight weeks after that. And we didn't, Mamish didn't know where we were going. And the, and on Chavke Mosivan, the guy who had um, finished the whole deal to buy our friend's apartment, which we loved, this guy in England who was an investor, pulled out and repealed his... <laughs> thing <laughs> to buy that place and on that day he called and I was like we want it and he kept the price from a lot earlier which he could have raised the price by. Beautiful, you guys will come. Um, we got this, this beautiful. 
beautiful apartment right on the park. Amazing. He wants to come to the Or Chaim. It's Or Chaim's yard site tonight. Yeah. So we'll all go. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm thrilled that that's what he wants to do. He, it's, I mean, that one. Zaysim, I think. I think so. It's a little bit complex to get there. But you'll see the line. Figure it out. There's going to be a lot of people going, I'm sure. We'll figure it out. He's taking a bus now to come. One second. Um, Ava, can you guys hear me again? I just want to make sure that the... Yeah, okay, great, okay. So, okay, so um, so there's this medjus, unbelievable thing that um, about this morning that the Jews experienced. It says, it says, Evel Gadol la Yehudim. Great morning. What is that? So medjus says, is there a big morning, small morning? Morning. Normally, Avelus is a hard hit at the beginning, and then it ebbs away. The hardest is the first day, and then it goes and ebbs away until after a year, there's still something there, but it's less, a lot less by the end of the year. But here, it was an opposite uh, direction. Each day, as the time was ticking, got worse. Right? So this is one aspect of how this is called an Evel Gadol. Right? Part of the Indian of Purim is putting yourself in the shoes of the story, experiencing it. What was it? What did they experience? Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a pillar, right? And there it is in the puzzle. They were already mourning. Now, nobody died yet, but they were already mourning. And not only that, but it was a mourning. It was in their eyes, it was like a done deal. And it was getting worse and worse, right? Um, right, exactly. The time is ticking. So that's the time wise. Each day the past was like we're one day closer to dying. Like every, like wow, freaky, right? Another why, reason why the evil was so bad. Then if somebody's Son, Chassam passes away. Omrim lo hamanachamim yichia bincha acher sheni shalacha. Okay, so your son, your other child will will live, and they can at least find some kind of comfort in that. Vim lo hayelo acher, and if they have no other kid, at least they'll say harech yamin. You yourself should live a long life. Avakan hakol lekuchim lemisa. But here it's everyone. So was this dread and this sense of loss that uh, is called gadol, both in terms of time and in terms of how it's of reach. It's reaching everyone, right? 
Medjish really uh, strongly emphasizes this this concept of of loss. They say this unbelievable thing at the the, the very beginning of the Medjish Rabbah, the Petichta. There's a oh, there's a kind of an introduction to Megillah to to, to uh, Esther Rabbah. Some parts of, there's an, there's also an introduction to Eicha Rabbah. Which is, a, which is a gavalt, a lot of amazing midrashim there too. But here, they say, Your life will be hanging in front of you. So the Medjur says this unbelievable thing. Your life will be hanging in front of you. That's a person who buys wheat enough for a year. That's called your life is hanging in front of you. You'll be afraid night and day. That's if you buy wheat each time, like not enough for a year, and not to say for how much, but just you're buying, you have to go and buy your wheat from somebody and you don't have it from your own land. You won't believe in your own life. That's somebody who buys from a baker. It's an unbelievable measure when you contrast that with modern life. <laughs> that what was for them, you have no faith in your own life because your, your sustenance is so much dependent upon others. Whereas to, to, if you have your own land, you're sure, you know you can plant, you know you'll, you'll, you'll you, you, you know, you, you, plant, you, can, you, can, you can grow your own wheat. You know, that was one of the things I learned also in Virginia, homesteading. I think it's also a verb, the homestead, which, is, which means like you actually grow all you need. You have a river on your property. They, they had the stream, beautiful stream. And like none of a few streams that go through the summer always, and they're like, uh, and and we we'll fish in them, and they have, uh, you know, everything. Mamish, like, if the world would shut down, they'll be fine, you know, um, homesteading. So tell it. So the measures also like that's how Eretz Yisrael is, you know, with all of our holidays go around according to the agricultural year and so on. We're so far from it, right? And and mean That's the line that it's a, they then connect that same fear of a person who's not sure where his food is coming from to the fear of of Haman. Your life is hanging before you. Uh, that was like the twenty four hours when the, when everyone knew that the king had given his ring to Haman. Laila. Uh, that's when they the words were going out. When they read the about when they read the decree, right? Like we just we just learned about. So the measures we just learned about is the expansion on that Edel Gadol. Yeah. Yeah. We're gonna right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one more little thing is that uh, the measures also brings that. Achashverosh later on in the in the peticha. Well, actually, the first aleph aleph parsha aleph ois aleph when it when the peticha is finished and it does the beginning. The first thing they darshan is Achashverosh's name that he blackened our faces like the bottom of a pot uh, with mourning with pain. And they say why? What's the hint to this? Is because Achashverosh is the letters Ash Shachor. Freaky, right? <laughs> Come on. So, okay.
So there's this very, very heavy mourning aspect for him that is really crucial to the story, crucial to the story. There's a sense, and mourning is, what's interesting about mourning is, the loss already happened. It's like, in other words, they, use, they don't use the word uh, fear or uh, I don't know what. They could have used different words, but they're like, no, Eidel Gadol Ehudim. That's the Megillah. Eidel Gadol Ehudim. Means that, like, we're already, we're, that's it. We're, we're, we're in a we're, we're We're totally freaked out. There's this, 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 this feeling that like all is lost. And the crazy thing is that after that, it's poor. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. What, what? What? Yeah. No. Right. But the, oh, yeah. Very real and very important. The Hakkar is a Megillah so it's a halakha that you can't read the Megillah backwards, which many Mepharshim bring. That means you can't like already know the end of the story. You have to like erase your mind and experience the Megillah every time. Right? And mamas go through it. Which is also like this. So we're talking about like Kabbalah's Shabbos a little bit like this. This to- to- total terror of, 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 of letting go of the shell. Not exactly the same thing, but related. Okay. So, Rabbeinu has this Torah called Aye, which is Torah 12 in the second section. And I'm just, we're just gonna, just gonna, like, give you some few basics of it, and then discuss it further. So, Nelson says. In Gaviyas Chovei Samim Gimel, or is Gimel, says Nimsa Sheyesh Lechol Adam Shnei Bechinas Avodas. There are two ways that we're serving God in this world. One avoda is serving God in the world in a way where we can experience divinity like clearly. Uh, you learn a, an amazing Torah and it touches you and. Uh, you do chesed, you make a beautiful shabbaton, you uh, experience nature and its beauty, you know, you just have a good davening, whatever it is. That's called being able to find kavod in your life. Nine times out of ten that works. And, then, and, 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 and generally speaking, I find what? It's kind of like the argument from design. With like nine times out of 10, it's Kival. But that one time out of 10 is enough to mess everything up. <laughs> he says, there's a, the Asara Ma'amaras. There are nine times where it says by Yoimer. That means that nine out of 10 aspects of creation, we can have a sense that Hashem is talking to this through this cloud, through this tree, through this person, through this whatever, food, experience, etc. Being in Yerushalayim. And, but then, there's one time out of ten, which is, Reishis Baralokim, Hashem, I'm sorry, doesn't say the word, 
But the Gemara says, Reishis Nami Maimer. And Rabbeinu connects it up with the Gemara in Shabbos, that the Mem Sofit is called Ma'amar Satum. He says, that's what Reishis is, it's a Ma'amar Satum. It's an utterance that's hidden. It doesn't say the word utterance. It doesn't say, doesn't have the word Vayomer. It has the word Elohim, but it's not Vayomer. So you, it's, you, it's not traceable. So it's not spoken. It's called a mimer, but it's a mimer sasum. It's, it's a blocked or unspoken, my un, unspoken utterance, unuttered utterance. <laughs> Very paradoxical thing. And actually, all the other mamaros are rooted in that mama that is not a mama. It's not, it's not just an exceptional, weird thing that, oh, okay, once in a while, just have a muna and everything will be okay. It's much deeper than that. Actually, all, all, the, all the honor of Hashem that we can experience is actually rooted in that place where we can't experience Hashem. This higher place of gracious. The honor of Hashem can be experienced in everything. It's rooted. It comes from it. It's in the sphere of its keter. So all the other spheros that we experience that are outgrowths of the different ways, oh. colors, shapes, textures, excitement, all the emotions and ways we experience life that are traceable, that are we can have a sense, wow, it's so divine, it's so real. Yeah. They're actually rooted in the Keter, in this higher mamar that is not a mamar that where where you can't experience. And so uh, everyone lives on both levels. And Ramnath says, this is the aspect of Tov, Torah, and Derech, Eretz. The, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Olaf, it's good to have Torah and a job. Mm-hmm. Being, um, toiling in both helps to um, cause sin to be forgotten. Like you won't get caught up in negativity if you have a healthy mix of, of work and study, Torah and Derecha. So the Torah represents my religious ability to find Hashem in, in, in the covenant of Hashem in the world. Derech everything in the world, doing it in the world, right? It's not as obvious. But so where? So how do I connect to Hashem from that place of not experiencing Hashem's cover, yeah. Right. No, so he's putting he's putting it all lumping it all together. That like um, that that Ben also. In other words, Ben when I'm doing a mitzvah and I'm connecting, it's it's great. But when I'm just working, I'm connecting to people in a way that sort of what is that? It's, yeah. Okay. It's, well, one thing we said actually, Derech Eretz in this. Uh, uh, model is, is the Kesser of Torah, is higher, is, is right. the root of Torah. It's meaning to say that. It's like all, I find Hashem at work. Uh, yes, exactly. But how do you find Hashem at work? Is, 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 is through asking. There's this thing of saying Ayah, right? And that question of, of asking Ayah. It's mamish the deepest thing that we can do. It's really mamish the deepest thing we can do. And nothing goes into it in Chum and Vav that 
there are two major advices that, Hashem, that, that, that Rabbeinu gave. One of them is finding a good point in the Kudat And the other one is asking Ayah, because these are his two main advice in general. And he says that, for instance, when you would go to the city of the Levites, there would be a thousand um, cubits of sados ukramim, of growing things and orchards. That represents the Nakuda Tova, seeing all the goodness and remembering that there's goodness in my city of refuge. But there's also a thousand ama migrash, for nothing, just empty. And that represents going back to this inner cry of where are you, Hashem? Which, as, as, uh, which he says, actually, that's even deeper than finding a good point. Because the good point represents the, um, the sparks of godliness we can find in this world. And Aye is the ability to find Hashem in the emptiness that Hashem created in order to have a world in it. The Chalal HaPanah. So asking Aye is not just the deepest thing. And really, Yerunathan says, that's what Megillah's Eicha is. We're asking Eicha, how could this be? And Aye also, many of the keynotes has the word Aye. You'll pay attention to that There's a lot of Aye. Because wondering where Hashem was and trying to figure out where Hashem was in the Holocaust, for example, and other forms of trauma, etc., and trying to intellectually figure it out, this is very dangerous and generally unfruitful. But asking Hashem, where were you? It's a great mitzvah. And actually can open your heart up in a wondrous way. That were you, where are you? Where were you? Where are you? Aye. Where are you, Hashem? And, and the, the asking itself and the urgency of the questions, it gets you in touch with your own neshama. It gets you in touch with Hashem who is with you. It really is with you. And, and it gets you in touch with the root of all of creation, Rashis, which represents that space-making that cannot ever be put into language. Cannot ever be put into language. Yes. The asking itself. It's easy to try to jump to a solution when it's like, I asked and then I figured it out. But that's not The asking is the thing. No, it's like it's comfortable to create
they're not exactly 30 days or 21 days, but it's similar to a like longer period of time where there are certain halachas uh, where a person, for instance, no, for instance, no haircuts. Yeah. Exactly, we're just going backwards. The nine days are like the Shiva. And then the uh, Tisha of itself is like Meso Mutalafana, when, when your loved one is dead and not even buried yet and lying there in front. And that's where you, you can't learn Torah, and they're all, they're, they're the halachas really do, really are quite similar. Really are quite similar. Shiva, you're not allowed to leave your house all the time, but nine days, you're allowed to go places, but it's, but in any case, there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot that's similar. Yeah. Yeah. Getting yourself in to the physical. Yeah. We're going. Right, right, because it's not a shock, right? In other words, uh, usually death is this shock that then reverberates and gets less and less. But 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 by Purim and every year the way we experience the the um, this summer this period this, this period of time is the opposite of that where we're go we're 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 going into it little by little more and more. Uh, by Purim that the difference is that by us we know like uh, we know the end of the story we know there's going to be a Shabbat Nachum afterwards and we know that you know every year it's like this and so on. But at the same time there's a place where we're meant to experience. Especially the nine days, uh, Tisha B'Av itself, was meant to experience the immediacy. That's what kinos are. It's a time, it's a pillar of the time. You're not allowed to learn Torah. You're just uh, meant to say these beautiful, the kinos are so, it's really a, a, an awesome thing to spend time with the kinos and look at them. Uh, even from now, to so learn them and, and get into them. Each one is so, there's so many, and there's, and you know, what they are engineered to do is to create within you a sense of an experiential sense of loss throughout the generations and of the base of Mikdash, right? That's what they're doing. And like the, the halacha is creating this for us, this, this thing. Yeah. Really? Wow. Because people have warning to do that they never did. There's like, there's a, there's a like needs to get out. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like that's It's that for us as a as a people. Yeah. Oh yeah, I noticed that as a Jewish nation, Right. To not. 
Yeah, yeah. all of a sudden you all want to avoid, right? So on the other hand, right, so this is, so this is, so let's just go a little fast to the end here, is that, um, so he's saying, we, we experience these two things, and, but the, there's one level where we're serving Hashem in a way we're experiencing Hashem's cover. And it's another level where we don't, but we have to be asking, like while we're in job, in our job, even though it's not like such an intense morning experience, but we're just like asking, where are you in this? Where are you in this? And that feeling itself creates a connectivity with Hashem, wherever we are in the world and whatever we're up to each other. Um, and that this is like part of healthy living, right? Very powerful thing. And then he says, the thing is that, right, that all um, revelations of Hashem that we experience are always preceded by this deep asking and this, and by a sense of confusion and like, you know, difficulty beforehand. Even Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Hashem is going to scatter us among the nations. He feeds Hashem as Chem Ta'amin. You're going to ask from there for God. Such beautiful words, and basically, Rabbi Nachman is just saying, "Okay, I'm Israel. Now's the time." Uvikashem, misham, from that place, that distance. Ask from there, and when you put your whole heart into asking, that we're sitting in your shalim. This is the cumulative effort of thousands of years of hearts, of Jewish hearts, crying out, and particularly when we got squeezed with the Holocaust. What a confusion, what a darkness, what mourning that preceded our coming here. Similarly, Rabbi uh, Yitzchak Shurin pointed out to me, and I saw him today at the ice cream store, fascinatingly. He was he's an amazing man. You go to Majestic, he went, yeah, he's such an amazing man. He once said, oh, but it's just similar that Abraham buried Sarah, but that was how he got his first Kenyan in Israel. He compared that to the Holocaust going to the state of Israel. Let's be honest. So, um, the Mishkan is built after the Ego and the confusion and the freak out of that. Then there's this healing. And the Mishkan is its ability to find the Shem in all these random places in the middle of the desert. It was taken apart and put back together here and then taken apart and put it there. You can find the Shem here, here, there, here, here, all in a response to the ego. The Torah itself was given in, in a wasteland in the middle of the desert. Why? Because going out and not knowing and being in that place, that is what precedes revelation. Moshe Rabbeinu himself, before he says, Mishayim, he said, Hashem, how could you do this? You made the work harder. What's going on? He himself went into this crazy place. And I said, oh, you'll see, right? I'm taking them out. Right before we got the Torah, Amalek comes and attacks. And then we have this wild thing. Moshe Rabbeinu is standing on a mountain and lifting his hands up. And we have two people on each one on each side holding his hands. So Amishah will look at his hands. So Ramnasan asks, because the Mishnah says, don't think that Moshe Rabbeinu hands were magically helping Am Yisrael. It was rather 
that the, when they saw his hand up, they put their hearts into more emuna. And when his hands would go down, they would lose their emuna. And that's why Aaron and Khur stood there to keep his hands up. So it's, it's Amishel's heart. So if Nassim asked, if it's about their hearts, then Moshe Benu should have given them a pep talk. He's Moshe Benu. Tell them some awesome stuff. What, 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 what is this hand thing, right? <laughs> so he says, unbelievable. When you're that confused, no words will work. You need body language. It's so unbelievable, right? That's what it means. You can't find Hashem's Kavod there. We're talking about a Mamar Satum. We're talking about real darkness that we experience. There's no pep talk that will work. There's no words. Like when somebody's sitting with a deceased loved one. What are you going to say? There are no words. All you can do is your hands. The hints of the hands are higher than any speech. To hint to them, and they when Moshe Rabbeinu lifted his hand, it was a yuval. A deeper inner hint to them. Ask for Hashem, is what Rabbi Nachman also. That's what Rabbi Nachman says over here. When, when Rabbeinu said, When Rabbeinu said, Don't give up, right? And he said it like 200 years ago in a little room in the backwards of the, of the Ukraine with maybe 30 people there. But his words are still helping thousands and thousands of people to this day. The, it's a Torah towards the end, but, it's, but he, said it, he, he said it in Uman. It was a few months before he passed away. He said, Geval, don't give up. And Ramnasan says, tevas You have to know when Rabbeinu said Geval, he said it long. He said, Geval, don't give up. <laughs> you have to know how he said it because it's not the content. It's the way he did, said it. The way he said it. And that he just, that's what touches the hearts now that there was someone. And why? Why him? So many other people have said, don't give up in all of history. How many people have said, don't give up? But the tzaddik says it because he's been there. It's different. It works. It's like a pasuk. He's giving us strength, mamish. Yeah. And for him, oh, so one second. That's the nakuda here. Is even after you've given up, don't give up. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, 100%. You're not going to write that. Actually, yeah, you're, in the, you're literally in hell, there's no way to possibly express this properly. This is literally another thing. You can't say this. You can't say this. Because each person is going to steal. That, yeah, okay, someone, everyone else, except me, because I'm not, I'm not. People, everyone's going to feel that way, he says. 
I am stuck. There's no way I'm going to get connected to God. Leave me alone. I'm so stuck in my addictions. I'm so stuck in my bad baby brothers, in my depression, in my, you name it. The point where there's a person like me, there's no way back. It's going to be days, weeks, years, decades. The point where I will not believe I can ever get my way out of the dark place. To such a person, Rabbeinu said, give. And it's not what he said, it's how he said it. It's the connectivity of it. So, so Amalek, Matan Torah, Yetzias Mitzrayim, all, there's a pattern that they all are preceded by a real heavy duty freaking out. And just end with an unbelievable thing that says in Tchumin Vav, This is the Kutalachas of Nasan, Eruvei Tchumin Vav, paragraph Chachbet towards the end, like right before Chachdemo. It's Alkein Be'emet, Afilu Im Lo Zachal Hitiv Matzav But that person lives a life that Really, you know, I wasn't such a good guy. I didn't, I didn't, I, I, I came like, I got like a 30% of my potential or whatever, right? Let's say, or less, whatever. But if I got this one piece of advice, I gotta, I gotta end this year pretty quickly. Okay, sorry about that. Okay, so this is one of these few lines, Mamish. And that says, if you, even if you, Mamish, made a total mess of your life, but you got this one thing from the Rebbe, and really it's from Moshe Rabbeinu, it would be Kashtem Mishan, to ask Hashem, where are you? Whatever situation you're in. Which Esther asked, right? Kaylee came in Lama Zavtani, right? This is Mamish, right? Al Kopanim Levakapes Levakesh, the Jewish Tamida Tayisbrach, who Gam Kentovani found the Rada Nafsho, the Gufo. Now here he says something really far out. Ki al Yedei Zeh, through this asking Aye, Zoche Gam Achar Misaso, Lechapes Levakesh Otsa. After you die, there is a whole process that a person goes through, there's actually an incredible description of what happens after you die in the book, My Rebbe, by Steindelt, Dean Steindelt, about Lubavitcher Rebbe. It's an incredible biography of Klau, and it happens to be, I, I, he's sort of like, I don't know why he has it in there, but he has a whole description, and he knew. I mean, Rev Steindelt was one of the greatest geniuses of, you know, ever, and he, says it in this incredibly beautiful way, how a person can die and 
he says it's similar to like having a ghost pain. When a person loses an arm, they still feel pain in their hand that's not there. Why? It's because you're so used to having a hand. So a person can die and actually in their imagination, they're still living. It's a very freaky thing. A person can be actually dead and going through a whole experience to you, they're alive and they actually die. It's a bit freaky, sorry to be scary. <laughs> and so, and that's, that's, that's part of what happens. It's part of what a person needs to go through in order to get to the kind of cleansing that their neshama needs. They have to go through certain experiences in order to, in order to get to their, where they need to get to in Shemayim. So Nelson says, if you get used to asking ayeh, then even after you die, that you won't be able to be fooled by all of these experiences. Lo yuchlu lahatoso, they will not be able to um, cheat you, to trick you. Al yedei olam hatohu, by this experience that's called olam hatohu. Machar shegam shami vakeshes Hashem says, I already know I built this muscle in my soul. I ask, where are you, Hashem? And it will work even then. Alkain Bekal, because of nothing, if you have this, then you will easily be able to get to where you needed to get to in Shemayim, as if you had lived the life of Mamish being a Sadiq. Yeah, it's this. This is Mamish, the, the one skill, if we can master this skill, this, it will take us to w- the root of our soul and where we need to always, everything we need to get to, it's a real talent. Bekal yuchal lashuv l'makom menuchaso v'hakol b'kach tzikem is all this is through the strength of the tzikim who tell us about this and give us the strength to do this. They don't do it for us, but they give us the strength and the eitzah of what we need to do. And so, so this is mamish the so Klal Yisrael and Esther and Mordechai by asking Aye, they reached all the way to that great end where everything is exactly how it needs to be, which is Torah. And we get to experience that every year, to remember that. And the way in is through Tainus Esther, the crying. And the Hashem, this experience that we're about to enter into, Shiva Sarbatamu, should take us in a way that we'll be able to do the mourning that we need to do, to do the crying that we need to do, and to build the muscle of asking, where are you, Hashem? It's such a deeper way that our lives will become mamish like trees will, will, will grow in, in ways that we couldn't have ever, ever imagined through singing together a little bit. Through, you know, we're all in this together. <laughs> we're deeply in this together. We all have such healing that we need to do. And, and biyachad, 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 we can. Questions, thoughts? Okay, go ahead. Okay, Lichot Chaver, thank you for coming.